Today on our show, I'm talking with Rachel Micah Weiss. Rachel, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Rachel, I want to talk about a few things that you're doing, but let's begin with the show at um, Carvalho. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, this is a, this is a two-person show, of course, that we're talking about, and, um, and it's... Um, it was, it was one of the ones that really intrigued me. It's, uh, the title of the show is Slippery Yoke, um, and you had some pretty large-scale work in there. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that, that, that first piece? I, I don't know quite how it's, how it's built. It looks almost like amber, I imagine. I don't know what these materials are, uh, whether it's a kind of, um, of a plastic or, or 3D printed. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so that piece is titled Collar, and it is made out of cast urethane resin, which is a type of, of plastic resin. Uh, and that's a material that I pigment. It comes in you know, two-part liquid, and I pour that into a mold that I've made of you know, the original chain link object. Uh, and that piece is suspended by a series of stainless steel smaller chains that kind of hold it taut and in this hopefully fairly perfect circle. And, um, and you know, in terms of the... Go ahead. No, no, go on, go on. In, in terms of... Um, oh, I was going to just sort of speak about the, the concept behind the work. Um, you know, I've been working on this series of cast resin chains for a few years now. And this piece... Uh, is sort of dealing with with gravity in a new way. Uh, I it's it's sort of held um, held taut in this perfect circle. It's not sort of draping. It's sort of like denying, I guess, what the the chain naturally wants to do, which is to sort of flop and relax or drape on the floor. Um, and so it it kind of felt like building a marionette almost because it's you know every every tendril of stainless steel chain has to kind of be pulled um, to just the right length to get it to be in this perfect circle. But um, it sort of sits in the middle of the gallery and creates this, I don't know, like this wall, like almost like a Fred Sandbeck sculpture that, uh, you know, it, it sort of creates this invisible plane in space. Uh, and, you know, for me, it was really kind of about like both blocking viewers movement and then also creating this like portal or looking glass like it kind of invites you to gaze at the space that's created through this aperture or opening but then of course there's nothing really there to to gaze at so it's like this kind of pull um kind of pull to look but then also denying that that reflection almost that's so interesting in, in mentioning Fred Sandback in terms of like the presence of sculpture, right? Uh, you know, that's that's such a good reference because um, I love his work, and it's it's one of those things that yeah, you're you can walk into, of course, you could easily destroy it. Though I haven't, but it seems like it, right? <laughs> it's so delicate, um, and yours may not be as delicate as that. These kind of threads from floor to ceiling, but um, but it also seems like something. Uh, that you want to touch, move forward, and, and interact with. And I know that's, you know, like a no-no, as with most work in yours, as you're saying, is it, hung up and strung in this way. 
But how do viewers react to that? How, how, how do people, you know, kind of space themselves around it? Because it's, it's also this, you know, as the, as the title implies, this yoke, this chain, it has a kind of meaning to it also that, that different people, I suppose, lay onto it. But um, in terms of how the viewers interact with it or, or, or not, what's, what's your experience seeing people around it? Do they kind of give it a kind of wide berth or um, is there this sense of, of wanting to almost interact with it? I think that there, I think that there is that there's both and and for me that's the hope of what I want the work to achieve is for there to be this simultaneous push and pull uh, I think that the viewer is so important for me and in the work um you know this series of chain works really uses this technique of kind of creating Space for a body that isn't there or that, you know, is creating a space that's then completed by the viewer, um, whereas the, the folds, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, are very much exemplifying bodies or, you know, are sort of abstracted bodies in and of themselves. And so, so yeah, I think that there is this sort of pull for viewers to kind of occupy the space or like try on this impossible necklace, but then I think the tension and weight and precarity of a lot of my objects also kind of causes people to, to give a wide berth, as you said. There is this sort of element of, um, maybe fear is too strong of a word, but um, gravity uh, or intensity that I think that the sculptures give off or that I hope that they do. And in terms of folds, that's what you were just saying. Um, that potentially we could discuss next. Um, uh, what did you mean by that in, in relation to this work? So the the folds are the the series of uh, objects that I've made. First, they they started out in pigmented cast concrete, and they they are these body size. My body size are sixty six inches long. Um, there are these body size slabs of, you know, first concrete and now I'm using uh, expanding urethane foam to create them. Um, and they're, they're basically just these rectangles that I kind of mold and form into different poses or postures. And so there are these abstracted bodies, but they uh, like really evoke a human presence and my hope with them is that they they sort of invite viewers to kind of put themselves in these in these spaces or possible worlds that the bodies occupy. They all sort of have these very human and unique postures where they're um, sort of bowing or weighed down or gazing at themselves, and you know by kind of studying the way that the body folds and moves, I'm able to to form them in such a way that they really each have sort of a personality. And I want them to sort of just evoke these psychic states for people or sort of be these ubiquitous human moments that we could each step into these sort of like mental spaces that we all occupy, whether it's, um, you know, like introspection or 
sadness or uh, you know the sort of whatever that internal <laughs> internal moments of tension that people can um, can kind of empathize with almost. Yeah, I, li I like that. I mean, those those works are really kind of extraordinary on a number of levels. I mean, these are. I imagine they weigh an enormous amount. You're, you're, you're working with cement and, and as I understand it, a kind of urethane, urethane master mold, right? You're, you're molding these and, um, so, and the, or, or no? Well, the early versions are, are cast concrete in a rubber mold. And so those weigh, you know, 180 pounds and, and up, um, I've made like a 10-foot monumental piece for the decor of a museum that is 2,000 pounds and, you know, crane-worthy. But um, then the the more recent works in that series, which I uh, showed at Carvalho Park and now at here in Pittsburgh, are more like 45 pounds and were <laughs> sort of a response, uh, my own sort of innovative response to the challenges of managing objects that are that that are you know 180 pounds plus so the but they they all do kind of play with weight and i think you know for me um the fact that they're visually confusing is uh part of the work i really want each of the pieces to kind of um like enact this material confusion or play and really bring up questions for people about what the materials even are and um, kind of catch people in their expectations of how objects or materials should behave. I, I like that moment of, um, I like that, that moment of sort of uh, like catching people in their expectations and people are like, oh, is this, you know, is this rock? Is it foam? You know, and, and also by being able to work in a two-person show or a solo show format, I can have, you know, multiple different forms, you know, I can use real rock and I can use cast foam rock and I can use, um, you know, cement and foam and, by, and, and kind of have these materials shifting within different pieces to kind of amplify that sense of material confusion. I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, would, I would think that's part of what makes people perhaps want to touch work, you know, or, or reach out because yeah. what is this, right? It looks soft. It looks, you know, almost um, pliable, but it's, but it's not. And, and, and I think you mentioned something about you know, weight just now and, and, and playing with the idea of, of weight and, and, and both the chains that, that sometimes look like necklaces and, and the, the cement work that you're just talking about, uh, both both feel that way, right? It almost feels like you know these um, these chains, as seen, you know, in one way, could be worn by a giant, right? These are like way beyond you know human scale. These are these are sculptural forms, but where but it also looks like they might be fit for someone else and the, um, or another being. And and the same with um, some of these these folded works, these these cement pieces. They seem if I'm not like reaching too far, they seem almost otherworldly in in how they were moved, how they were made, and um, you know it, it doesn't have the typical hand of the sculptor in it, uh, like like a, like a Henry Moore or or you know I guess closer to as you were saying Fred Sandback. There's um, something happening spatially there, but there's also something about weight, something about um, you know the 
the inaccessibility of these to be able to to hold, touch, or move. These are beyond human scale almost. Is does that make sense, or am I reaching too far there? Yeah, I th- I think that's I think that's exactly right, and I think specifically in the chain works, that's a their outsized scale is sort of a tool to push the work into the realm of metaphor uh, and to to have the to push the sculptures to be able to kind of carry that um, psychic load that I was talking about earlier, like to kind of um, take them out of their utility and what they could do or move or, you know, the way that they could adorn the body or transfer power in a machine and to kind of push them into the weight of symbolism because it's so obvious that they couldn't be, uh, that they couldn't be functional or if they could be, it would, you know, be by some, some giant, but um, they're um, right. They're sort of suspended in this way as well that, doesn't allow them to have what we would assume as their innate function. And so, uh, so I think that that kind of pushes viewers into the, um, into the realm of, of thinking more about the object and, and the associations that we culturally put on top of it, um, you know, whether that is adornment or uh, oppression or power. Uh, and so that's, you know, I think that's, very much the intention with the with the chain works and and the folds. I think um, it's so interesting that you you say that they are removed uh, from the hand of the artist because they are, I think, even more than the chains. So heavily worked by me, and and maybe it's my sort of like perfectionistic aesthetics that are <laughs> making themselves uh, known in the objects. But they are, you know, it, it's so many layers of. Um, you know, epoxy and sanding and, and so, so much attention and care to kind of get them to that refined state, uh, which, which, is sort of, um, which is sort of funny to me. But I think by using that like abstracted rectangle as a stand-in for the human body, they kind of become, they, they kind of become otherworldly. But, but that is like a challenge that I face, I think, kind of always... Uh, like fighting my desire for um, like sort of a highly refined or perfected look and, and wanting to include these sort of um, more um, handled elements. Like the piece Bowed Venus in the show at Carvalho Park it has these hand carved alabaster chains, which are months and months of labor. And with those uh, with that element of the sculpture, I really fought the urge to kind of sand them to perfection and make them all uniform and intentionally left these sort of jagged edges and these indicators that they were carved by hand because that felt, um, it felt so important to kind of make that known. That's, 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 it's great to hear this and really good to talk to you about all this. I, I maybe moving a little bit onto the show and here now, um, We've been we've been talking in part, I mean, among a number of things about the show at Carallo Park, but at um, at here in in Pittsburgh, uh, there's more work of what we've been talking about, and um, it seems similar to Carvalho Park in, in some ways, but also the the palette of what you of what you're doing is um, 
is quite different. Or in, in the view of the work that I'm doing, it seemed like uh, like the the work for uh, the commission work for De, in the De Cordova Sculpture Park, the way uh, the materials used there and the palette and the colors, um, almost this kind of painterly fashion. Whereas at here, the the folds and the, and the chain work almost seems. Uh, uh, monochromatic. I know it's not. It's there's there's a lot of color in there, but it's a different way of approaching color, right? It it almost seems like like a gradient color in in some of the pieces, and, and that you're working with um, with specific colors that you're then getting so much out of, like a like a green that you're getting, you know, all of these these kind of tones out of, and and, and, and different kinds of. Um, you know, sort of heat. It's warm. It's cool. It's it's transparent. It's not transparent, and this gives you this this beautiful range of color that's that seems like a direction you're moving into, or at least it is for these shows. Is 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 that correct? That that the palette is changing here. I th- I think that is right. I am moving more into these neutral tones, and and part of that I think, especially for the works in these shows was like a tool to kind of amplify that material confusion that I was talking about. Uh, so, you know, the the piece collar and also um, portal, which uses the same mold. It's this necklace that kind of drapes onto the ground. Uh, both of those pieces use this kind of amber hue. And um, so many people wanted to know whether the work was made out of natural rubber uh, or or amber. Um, and, you know, when you look at these objects up close, they're really, um, like, kind of highly worked, and they have, like, all of this um, character to them that doesn't, that isn't necessarily apparent from, um, from, at first glance or from a photograph. And so I think that, you know, using that hue with that material was really about kind of amping up that material confusion and that tension between, like, you know, rigidity and fluidity. Is it hard? Is it soft? You know, is it flexible? Uh, and, you know, with the folds, I think uh, the the color was so much, I, I think maybe about creating a more neutral palette. I think color is so charged. And uh, so using the these, like, tans and grays was really kind of about creating, like, a neutral palette so that form could be the dominant element in the work and like the kind of postures that these figures were uh, were standing in could kind of become predominant instead of all of the associations that we have with color. And you know it's so interesting talking about color in these works and how that changes the perception of the materials and, and also the scale because we're, we're talking about works that are in a gallery and I, I mentioned the one at the Corova there's um, you're also You've had works in the public realm before, um, that one I mentioned, but also uh, you're, you're in process now of a, of a public work, aren't you? Can you tell me a little bit about what you're, what you're working on now in terms of a public work? Sure. Uh, so the piece that I'm working on now is called Infinite Arches. Uh, it will be installed in a building in Oklahoma City. This is a, a City of Oklahoma City project, and it's Six, uh, six arches uh, that are created from these uh, custom uh, fabricated 
aluminum channels and suspended between these two channels or arcs are a series of concentric ropes. And so, you know, Fred Zambeck is, is sort of a, a great um, artist to bring back uh, in kind of imagining what these are because it, it's really using, you know, a, a strand of rope or several consecutive strands of rope to create a volumetric form in space. And this work is building on a series of uh, what I what I first started calling in in my early days of creating them architectural interventions and and they've sort of morphed into um, you know the, these public projects which are looking at the way that we move through space and uh, kind of the natural passageways and uh, pathways that we take and then like interrupting those or highlighting those uh, and, and using um, you know, a bare minimum of lines drawn in space to kind of create these um, like hulking uh, sculptural objects. So, so yeah, so that's what I'm working on right now. Well, that's exciting. I look forward to seeing that materialize. And, um, and yeah, thanks again for talking to me about this show at, at Cavallo Park as, as well as here. I, I want to ask you one more question before we go, which is off topic, but I'm always curious. What are you reading at the moment? So I I just uh, I just finished a couple of books. Um, I finished um, the the Narrows by Anne Petrie, and um, I I loved that um, I love that book. Um, I, I listened to that actually. I listened to a lot of books on tape in the studio, and then. Um, the, the last book on paper that I recently finished reading um, is called Piranesi by Susanna Clark. Um, and that's a um, sort of work of, work of uh, fantasy, um, which I, I really enjoyed. It was great, great before bed reading. Thank you for that. And Rachel, thanks for this beautiful work you're doing and these shows. It was wonderful talking to you. I just want to thank you for your time. Thank you so much for the conversation. Okay, one second. I'm turning off the recording, but I'm sorry.